why it's a great honor for me to share this conversation with Jessica Seidner, uh, the founder of Night Out with Girls, because of her survival of breast cancer and coming to the other side of that, she wants to help cut that whole learning curve short for the rest of us and have a good time doing it. So, so glad that you get to, to get a sneak peek into her world and uh, enjoy this conversation. There's a little bit of a glitch in there, but I still think the whole conversation is worth hearing, even though some a little bit of the, the audio is muffled, because it was just a, a really life-giving time to talk about what we can do to take control of our own um, situation and, and prevent cancer from being a nightmare in our own life. And so happy to know, too, that there's just hope on the other side. So I hope you enjoy this conversation about Night Out with the Girls. And if it inspires you, consider going to 360lifestrategies.com. Click on the retreat page and see if you'd like a whole weekend out with the girls. That could be a great time. So think about it. Grab your glass of wine and join us for the conversation with Jessica. So glad to be here. Completely worth it and excited to be asked. Oh, good. I think what you're doing is so important. Um, I love just the name Night Out with the Girls. It carries so many connotations. <laughs> and when I heard you tell your story at Extraordinary Women, I realized I need to share that story with, with more women. I'm, I'm kind of mad that so many people are caught by surprise with breast cancer. And and I'm glad that you're doing something about it. Yeah, you know, I agree. Being a, can- a breast cancer survivor um, and, and now a couple years out from my journey because I am cancer free, reflecting on that journey, I can tell you that, you know, hearing the words from your doctor, you have breast cancer, but then hearing the words, you caught it early, that those are game changing. They are just full of hope and I can fight this and I'm going to fight this. And I, I often say, unfortunately, I, I cannot change the statistic with regard to breast cancer diagnosis is one in every seven women in Colorado, one out of every eight nationwide. But uh, hopefully if I could educate and make as many women aware about the different tools and the knowledge and the education um, about catching it early, they can also be told you caught it early. And it's such a, those are such important words. Right, right. Life-giving words when uh, it, you're carrying a, the heavy burden of a diagnosis. Anytime that, that comes across somebody's lips, it just, it feels like a sentence, but it's not. So I, because I'm all about strategies for life, strategies for living to the maximum of your potential, this is one that's so important because it's a, it's a game changer for women who might think that, that their life expectancy might be limited. And I think it would be important um, for everyone to hear your story kind of back from its origin and why you started this initiative. Absolutely. Well, I will tell you, first of all, I thought... Um, breast cancer could never happen to someone like me. It just, it wasn't in the cards for me. And of course, until it was right. Mm -hmm. But I, um, I was barely 37 when I was diagnosed. I had no family history. I um, had, 
I was three years out from a mammogram. I was never breast health aware beyond going to my normal doctor's visits and, of course, being aware of high-risk uh, factors for any kind of cancer, but just did not consider myself breast health aware. I had no idea what a, a lump even felt like, so I just I didn't do breast self-exams. And in fact, I always tell people um, at that point in my life, I, I was married, and I thought if there was ever anything wrong with my breasts or the girls, my husband would find it because <laughs> right. he was a boob guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and of course I never communicated that to him. I just thought that's, that's how it worked. Uh, and I will tell you what he, he had passed away unexpectedly. And so there were a lot of things in my life that I really needed to take into my own hands, um, whether it just be running a household, the finances, and also my health and this part of my health. So on a whim, without having any idea what I was doing, I did a breast self exam with, with, in the shower. And within about three seconds, I found a lump. And I knew something was not right immediately. Women often say, and I, you know, my breasts are lumpy. Well, mine are lumpy as well and they're dense, mm -hmm. but I often say never discount your gut when it comes to anything physically health related because your gut's going to tell you. It's not going to let you forget it. It's going to keep it on your mind. And my gut, the red flags were going up. So went to the doctors, um, you know, had her check it out, had a mammogram, ultrasound, and then went through testing to confirm the diagnosis of breast cancer. Uh, what was interesting is as I walked through that journey, I... I found myself having a lot of conversations with my friends, with my family, with colleagues, with peers, and they're asking me all sorts of questions about mammograms and breast health awareness and breast self exams and lumps and what did the lump feel like. And these are educated women. These are young women who also, some of them are the most healthy women I've ever come across. Yeah. And there clearly was a confusion among breast health awareness. So in a very, I'll be honest with you, non-scientific manner, I kind of peeled back that onion and thought, why is it who women, who we love to learn, we love to be together, we're inquisitive, have so many questions about breast health awareness, even when we're going to our healthcare providers. And the conclusion that I, I made, and it was really the core of Night Out with the Girls is, you can have the best healthcare providers ever, ever. And I will tell you, I've been so blessed to have that. Every one of my healthcare providers, they are amazing men and women. But when you are in a doctor's office, that clinical environment, often wearing what I say is the paper gown, right? Mm -hmm. The paper gown, it's actually kind of a paper crop top these days. Yeah. You know, it does not scream. I want to have a chit chat about breast health awareness. It does not create an environment that is conducive to how women like to learn, how they like to connect, 
And that was the origin of Night Out with the Girls. What if we just change the environment in which women can have these conversations about breast health awareness in a manner that works for them? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, again, I always say we focus on connection, conversation, um, comfort, and that's really what Night Out with the Girls, it's all about. It's all about all of those things. And that, that's the origin of Night Out with the Girls. That's where it came from, is really, I always say that paper gown. Women are not going to learn as well when they're wearing a paper gown. And right. what has, yeah, and it's just been, it's been a magical experience because what's really special about those events and um, is that the fear and isolation and questions, you know, they all go away. And then women leave empowered, you know, to do something right. about the girls. Yeah, anytime you're in a situation where you have to insert a body part into a cold metal sandwich, right. it makes it kind of changes Absolutely. changes your ability to think clearly. You just you're just thinking about the martini you're going to have afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. How quickly you can get out of that paper gown. I keep asking those mammogram technicians, why is it that we can't just serve martinis before? Ah! (laughs) Yeah, they 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 probably laugh. They're usually so sweet. And you know what? It's so interesting from a mammogram standpoint. I have found that they're so ultra communicative, which is so incredibly helpful because you're like, I don't even know what they're doing. But um, they kind of explain every every minute, every second of what is happening. But you're right. I mean, and we don't night out with the girls. We're not diagnostic. We don't do the screenings there. We're really about disrupting the way that women learn. And we're really about initiating that important conversation that needs to happen. Yeah. And I think it's fantastic that setting is the perfect place to just lower the the stress levels, but communicate such an important um, life-saving habit just to get into. And, you you know, I think the more I hear about somebody coming down with cancer, um, being diagnosed with cancer and in walking through that process, you know, no matter what the cancer is, I'm so curious to know, how did you discover it? What flagged it for you? How did you um, walk into making treatment decisions? Because it, none of us wants to be caught off guard if we have to find ourselves in that place. Right. Uh, right. I love yeah. that you're, you're taking all the, the angst out of that process and normalizing it so that we can just take action without getting completely derailed with fear. And and fear, I think, is a huge, huge aspect, a huge factor of any sort of cancer journey. And, you know, for me, discovered it during the breast self-exam. The key was, and, and I will be honest with you, I, by you know, the grace of God, had a, an appointment with my OBGYN a few weeks later. Mm-hmm. But the key is when you find something, anything that does not seem quite right is to take action and follow up with your healthcare provider ASAP. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure if I would have done that um, because I it was just, it was six months after my husband had passed away. And I literally just, I thought I couldn't, I cannot deal with one more thing, you know, going down the what if paths. And I'm so grateful that I had an appointment already in the books. I'm so grateful that I went and I didn't cancel it. 
And um, yes, there was a lot of fear there. I, I, you know, I'm human and I, and I want to be very honest with people. I, it's a scary process. I had a bit of a scare a few months ago and I was just as scared as the first time. But there was also something completely liberating by taking action, getting information, getting knowledge, because at the same time, you are giving empowerment to make the right decisions, the informed decisions that's going to be best for you, your health, your family. And there's a beautiful freedom in that. There's a beautiful freedom in that. Absolutely. And when um, it's, it's amazing to me that you're just six months past losing your husband and you're already at a really vulnerable place right when you walked through this how do you encourage women um in in that state of vulnerability in in fear how do you navigate those conversations when you're having this night out with the girls fun night if these things come up absolutely first of all i would say breathe (laughs) breathe through it do not panic and know that when things in life, whether it's breast cancer, whether it's divorce, whether it's death, loss of a spouse, you know, loss is loss is loss. And everyone goes through really challenging, trying things in their lives. And I think that the key is having the willingness even if you're shy or you're scared or you don't know who to turn to, to open up with someone or a small community of trusted friends or family. So you don't have to walk through any of that alone. And, uh, you know, it's interesting at night out with the girls, these events, sometimes the women know each other, sometimes they don't. But they live with new friendships, especially with a shared goal. So we always say this is a community right here for you as well. But there are there are people, there are so many good people in this world, um, and 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 in the the female community who are just, you know, they have such hearts to help. And one of the things that I had to learn after going through Tyler, my my late husband, his name was Tyler, his death, as well as the breast cancer journey is sometimes I didn't know how I needed help. I just knew I needed it. And that's okay. So you find that trusted person and you say, I just need help. And I don't know what that looks like, but can you be here with me? And going back to the gut, you know, our our women's intuition is fantastic. I believe when you open up to someone, um, you know, you'll know right off the bat if if he or she's the right person to go to for this stuff. And um, on a, I am a huge advocate of um, Nightmares by Night Out with the Girls events are face to face, interactive, in person because there's really something beautiful about I think just the human to human interaction and without the digital space. But we did create a uh, Facebook group, a private Facebook group, different than my Facebook page, um, because the fa- the Facebook group men cannot be part of it, and it is men meant to tackle some of these more vulnerable, scary um, processes, tasks, questions with regard to breast health awareness. And that's called Beyond the Bra, the real support 
the girls need. So that's a great starting place. And, you know, if anyone is listening and is out there and just doesn't know where to even begin and needs someone, I would love to serve that woman and being a point person or initial contact person or just somebody to lean on initially for whatever reason, for whatever reason. That's an honor for me. And really this whole business is designed to serve others. And so that, again, if there's anyone listening that just for whatever reason, has a fear, has a question, maybe feels a connection through this podcast, I just encourage her to reach out to me. I would love nothing more than to be there and serve her in the way that so many people served me. But my mother stepped in and took kind of the place of my husband, I would say, and she was amazing. Her name is Carla, and she went to every appointment with me. She cried with me as we were waiting for test results. We binged on Downton Abbey <laughs> you, nice. know, you know she really became my my core support support system but then I had people all around all around the the state and the country encouraging me praying for me sending me words of wisdom and inspiration and you know if you're going through something just give yourself grace and be patient with yourself I think those are two things that us women sometimes struggle with right yeah it's, it's so true. We, we think that we're supposed to know how to do all these things. And, um, I know I, I grew up thinking that just because I didn't have the support of a mother when I was younger. And I realized, you know, I'm not the only one who doesn't know the answers and it's important that we ask each other for help. Yes. Yes. So uh, I want to, um, well, first of all, ask, um, how people can, can access your Facebook group and how can they contact you to talk about bringing you to do a night out with the girls at their um, company or organization? Perfect. Um, yeah. So um, I have a night out with the girls Facebook page, so you can just connect and, and follow us on the business page. Once you connect there, um, you know, send us a message if you want to be part of the private group beyond the bra, the real support the girls need. Of course, I can be reached via email at Jessica, and that's just the typical spelling, J-E-S-S-I-C-A, at nightoutwiththegirls.com. And the website is the same, www.nightoutwiththegirls.com. And I would love love to connect with with anyone. You know, my goal is not a small one. I want to educate every woman in this entire country about the value of being breast health aware and early breast cancer detection. And, um, you know, what's unique about bringing night out with the girls to businesses and corporations and companies and groups is that it's kind of offers an interesting, unique team building um, opportunity. But at the same time, those women are learning the value of being breast health aware. And for all of our events, we bring a breast cancer survivor, a healthcare provider, as well as an MC. So we educate in a manner that is super fun, very informed, and really most importantly, by having that healthcare provider and the breast cancer survivor there, women can ask whatever questions they have about early detection in an environment that is comfortable. So we even welcome those awkward, vulnerable, those nitty gritty questions that no one really wants to ask. Those are the ones we wanna dive into because most likely the other women have those questions as well. But if you look at, if you look at, 
you know, corporations and companies, you know, it is very necessary for leadership to, um, you know, serve their female employees in this way, not only because um, it's a demonstration of how they value the female employees, but from a bottom line standpoint, you want your employees, your female employees healthy. You want them to be breast health aware because when they're healthy and they're feeling good and they are in a good place with regard to their overall health, including their breast health, they're going to provide better contributions as employees of the company. So it's really a win-win-win for everyone. It's true. And you're speaking the language of the CFO because they have to reduce their health costs. Absolutely. Because I caught, yeah, because I caught my breast cancer so early, I cost my organization, I have a full-time job as well as the other employees, very little compared to if I would have caught it later in later Mm -hmm. stages. Right. Early detection saves a lot of money. It's just practical Mm -hmm. in addition to the, all the other benefits. Now, uh-huh. I, I want to just synapse a little bit into Jessica After, mm-hmm. on the other side of treatment and now being cancer free. Um, what strategies for your own life have you put into place or changed from what they used to be before your diagnosis? That's a great question. Um, I, and I will tell you because I kind of went through both, you know, becoming a widow and a breast cancer survivor, very, very close together. And so I had a lot of um, learning to do. So I would say the main things that I focused on, first of all, just bigger picture, I will embrace anything, anything new, any new activity, any new opportunity, I will try it once because I truly have an appreciation from the breast cancer journey, as well as from the death of my husband, that life is short. And so embrace every moment and keep perspective. So those, I think, have been two kind of fundamental things and what and how I operate since um, since being diagnosed. But some practical things I would say is, um, first of all, I started meditating, which was incredibly helpful. I just used the Calm app. You know, it's usually 15 minutes every morning, but I feel like that's a great way to sort of get my head and my heart and my spirit centered for the day. My faith is very important. So I would do some Bible devotional time as well, no matter how tired I was. I just felt like I needed that to anchor me. Uh, I also started working with a um, fantastic, fantastic um, nutritionist who has a very holistic approach. She works with women who have autoimmune diseases or cancer diagnoses. And she really, you know, the food she focuses on is a byproduct of really the heart of what is happening holistically. So how can you use food as a manner to heal your heart and your body and your soul? Um, And that has just been a magical experience because um, it's thinking about food differently. When you go through, I think, any sort of trauma, whether it's a diagnosis or a loss, um, you know, I feel like you can be right for addiction, to be honest with you. You know, you can look for ways to kind of numb that pain and food could be one, a way, a form of addiction. So um, just being aware of that, getting outside as much as possible, exercising, doing things that aren't necessarily high impact, but relaxing as well. So I started Pilates, there's high impact Pilates, but also the restorative type. And another 
thing that I started is Reiki. And so, um, I, you know, I encourage women who are listening who aren't familiar with it to look it up. It's R-E-I-K-E. And it's basically healing touch, but they don't actually touch you. It's very similar to massage. And it just is such a beautiful relaxation experience. It's perfect for grief, but it's also perfect for anxiety and you know it it left such an impression on me that we um, night out with the girls partnered with life sparks cancer center and they provide reiki treatment to people going through cancer treatment wow that's fantastic it it is amazing and so they've partnered with a lot of the health systems in town but it does make a difference and i think quite a few of their clients are like what the heck is this i've never even heard of it but you know from what I understand, the treatment can be so, so hard and so challenging. So Reiki provides, I think, a nice outlet of healing that's a little bit more non-traditional, but that's um, Life Sparks Cancer Center. Nice. That's a, a just amazing service to provide when somebody's just in a state where they just can't find the, the grounding that they need to, to weather through that. Yeah. And, and, you know, let yourself cry. That would be the last thing. I cry at the most random moments and um, let it out. Don't bottle it in. Just cry when you need to cry. I think crying yeah. is super healing as well. Right. <laughs> I agree. And I, when I teach emotional intelligence with teams, I always say, when I discovered emotional intelligence, I used to think that I was highly emotionally intelligent because I could try, cry just about anywhere. <laughs> but the ability to recognize and feel your emotions is important you just need to learn how to regulate it but you have to feel it in order to to gain that power 100 percent. yes i love talking with you and i can't wait to actually experience my first night out with the girls i haven't been there yet and you've really motivated me to make that happen um i really appreciate you taking time to be on the podcast and um i i hope that um you start to see tremendous um, return on your investment with the number of lives that you've changed with this. Well, thank you so much. And it has been an absolute joy getting to spend time with you this way. And I cannot wait to spend more time with you outside of the podcast and in night out with the girls and wherever else our paths cross. It's very exciting. So thank you so very much. Agree. You have a great day, Jessica. Okay. You take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I'm so glad you came to join us for this Women Work in Wine Wednesday podcast. Do you want more wine? Check out my wine palace at 360 Life Strategies on Pinterest. If you want more inspiration on life hacks for working women, visit 360 Life Strategies on Facebook. Or you can check out daily inspiration for the working girl on Instagram. Just look for Donna Carlson 360. Tell your friends about this podcast, would you? It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and just about everywhere you find podcasts. So glad you joined us, and I hope you'll come again next week.